A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Do you ever look in your wardrobe and think that there's nothing in there working for you? None of your clothing reflects your personal brand. Perhaps you're somebody who's lived in loungewear since last March and have decided, do you know what, enough is enough. Well, a new year is a great time to overhaul your wardrobe and start wearing clothes that make an impact. But where to start? Well, help is at hand because our image consultant, Maria Macklin from House of Colour, has been helping people make an impact with their clothing for many years and she's on the line with me now. How are we doing, Maria? Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, Sinead. Good afternoon. How are you? I am great. Uh, Now... I don't know how you're going to feel about this because I am seeing reports and we've discussed this before on, on the on the programme, but it seems leisure wear is here to stay, Maria. Tell me, first of all, where did this idea of wearing leisure wear to work come from? Well, leisure wear to work, leisure wear as, a, as a, an outdoor gear or outside of your bedroom, lounge wear, came here in, in about the 1870s. Pajamas were introduced here from India Pajama is an Indian word, and it's really down to the British who were in India, the British presence in India in the 18th, 19th centuries. And they, the pajamas came back to the UK with them, really? interestingly, and yeah. originally only worn by men because women wore, you know, men literally and metaphorically wore the trousers, so mm. women didn't wear trousers. So men wore, came back and wore pajamas and covered them with a smoking jacket. So the pajamas was always. Um, defined by the two pieces, not just one piece, but by the top and the bottoms. Um, and that made its way into women's wardrobes in about the 1920s. Um, and the pyjamas at that time actually um, reflected the fashion at the time. So some of them were drop-waisted, imagine. So it's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. and that's what, But women started to wear them in the 1920s. They didn't really catch on for women until about the 1950s, after the Second World War, because... That's when they were worn in film. So if you remember, satin, silk, lounge pyjamas with a woman typically holding a a very long cigarette in a filter. Do you remember those? Yes. And so that became very prevalent in cinema. And once it arrives in cinema, then it becomes part of fashion wear. It becomes part of every day. Coco Chanel was a great one for loungewear. And so it became fashionable. But there's always been a distinction between... Um, whether you wear it indoors or whether you wear it outdoors. And that's always where the controversy lies, I think. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, it really is. Although I do have some people maybe who are, you know, uh, loving wearing pyjamas outside going, hang on a minute, if it's all right for Coco Chanel, then it's OK for me. Yeah, but she didn't She didn't really wear it outside apart from on the beach. So it's okay. considered to be very informal. You know, so, so beach wear is probably the least formal. You have more flesh uncovered. 
you don't wear your points of interest, you don't have authority. You know, we all look pretty much the same. You can't determine who's in charge when you're on the beach and you're swimming togs and you're your your caftan or whatever it is you're wearing. Mm. So so when you wear it on a beach, that's considered to be a very informal attire, very informal dress code. So that's allowed. But it wasn't really worn outside of that, really, until much, much later. And when did it come into the workplace? Because, you know, the uh, workplace was always kind of the suit and tie, looking very formal, all of that. But uh, in, in re- recent times, particularly now with everyone working from home, obviously people are wearing whatever they want. But uh, when did it kind of come into the workplace in terms of this being a little bit more casual? Yeah, well, not not pyjamas per se, but yes, absolutely casual workwear and dress down days. So the dress down day, there's a really interesting history to this too, because dress down started in Hawaii, believe it or not. And in Hawaii, because it's really, really hot, they decided in the summertime that they couldn't make everybody wear formal wear every day because the, the, the men and the women were just too hot in suits. So they allowed them to wear aloha shirts. And the aloha shirts is the proper name for the shirts that we know as Hawaiian shirts. Large yeah. print, um, very, very prestigious garment in Hawaii. And so just on Fridays, on, the, on Fridays, you were allowed to wear your aloha shirt. And that became the garb for Fridays in Hawaii, which Levi got word of this and they heard about this particular um, practice and they decided that they wanted to bring in Dress Down Fridays in the States, starting on the West Coast. They started in California because that's where they were based. And people were allowed to wear jeans to work on a Friday. And that just became a sort of an everyday thing because it was recognised that things didn't change, the world didn't stop, performance didn't take a huge dip if you were in jeans. And so dress down became a norm and you'll see that a lot of the large corporates who we would have traditionally known as being really, really formal, like mm. bankers and lawyers, have actually moved into a I mean, they had very strict dress guidelines. Um, you know, so women had to wear a skirt suit, yeah. a man had to wear a suit with a shirt and tie. That has really relaxed in the past year, even before COVID. And now with COVID it's it's relaxed completely. So when or if people go back into office work, which I don't think would be the same as it was, things will change. However, that yes. doesn't take away from how you feel. If you dress scruffily and slouchily, your behaviour and the research shows that your behaviour does, does, it does have an impact on how you're perceived and also how you behave so we need to be very careful about how, how we do it. Yes. Do it. Like, I mean, look, like a day like today, right? Say, for example, snow day, all of that. You want to keep cosy and warm. Let's say you don't have any meetings or anything really going on for work. OK, be comfortable. But it's this idea that, you know, if you're going around in kind of tracksuit top and bottoms all of the time working from home and you're not dressing kind of with the intent that you're going to get some work done, work. it's going to reflect in the work. And that's very, very important, actually. And very, it very does. interesting. Yes. It really is. And it does reflect in the work and the research has shown that time and again that if you dress casually, your brain behaves casually. You know, your 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 brain takes the cues from you. If you dress more formally, then your brain behaves more formally and you will be more productive. It's just it's fascinating. I have clients who put on their lipstick mm-hmm. before an important phone call because they know the outcome will be better. 
Yes, literal war paint. I love it. Absolutely, <laughs> literal war paint. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, this year, you know, in a New Year is a great time for people to start decluttering. Many of us look at the wardrobe and think, oh, none of this is working for me at all. I need to overhaul. But they don't know where to start revamping their look. Now, this is where you come in. Can you take us through the process like um, with yourself? Like, So per se, prior to lockdown, you normally would have a face-to-face consultation with somebody that wants to kind of revamp their wardrobe. How does it all work? Okay, so my consultations work in two parts. <clears throat> and the first part, well, now we're on, now I'm moving virtually. Most of my clients go through what we call a style consultation first. And that is where we look at their lifestyle. There's a whole lot of theory about what should be in your capsule wardrobe. And I know it's a, it's a phrase that's bandied about, but we give you an example of a capsule wardrobe that works for you. And not, it's, it's not a, a general one. It's a fairly tailored one. Mm-hmm. So we look at your lifestyle. You have to have the clothes in the wardrobe to reflect how you're spending your time. Where you spend your time is where you spend your money. It's very simple. Um, and so you, we look at lifestyle capsule wardrobe. We look at your budget. We look at how, what are the clothes that you, if you're investing in a good garment, what should that garment look like? So what, what determines quality in a garment? So there's quite a lot of theory. The, the, the really interesting part that we do is we look at your body architecture. What is your body made of? Whether you're, is, is it proportionate? Is it not proportionate? We look at your proportions. How do you create the illusion of being in proportion? And then the really, really interesting part, even more interesting than the body architecture, is we look at your personality because we need to connect your inner personality to your outward persona. And that is where you understand that you might need frills and flounce all the time. You mm-hmm. might need your bling. You might need to be comfortable. Some people love comfort, love texture, love swish. Some people like things to match. Some people like to cause a drama when they walk into a room. <laughs> they, you know, they need to take up a lot of space, not physically, but metaphorically. And mm. you know when they arrive because they're, they're that big, they have a big personality and we need to reflect that in their clothes because if we don't, then there's a mismatch. When they behave big, but they're not dressed big, that's not aligned and people don't get, don't understand why, why that is. So if you think about the best, I think the best description of this is, is Cruella de Vil. Cruella de Vil is very dramatic, <laughs> is. very pointy, very sharp. And before she even arrived into the room, when her shadow came down the wall, the puppies were already shaking, you know, because mm. they knew that this big person was coming in. So when, and, and, but she was dressed big. She had a big, big cape and pointy shoes and everything was very dramatic about her. So we need you to dress for the personality on the inside. And then people get you and trust builds very quickly when you do that. When yeah. you don't do that, then you become a fashion victim. And that's when you fill your wardrobe with the clothes that are on trend, but aren't for you. Yes, and, and I love that are, example yeah. of uh, of Cruella Deville, an extreme example, but I get where you're going extreme, from. Abs- yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, you know, you've got many great testimonials that you've posted over the last little while, particularly on your social media. And one stood out for me recently. This was from a lady who felt that she wasn't being heard. Something I think an awful lot of people can relate to. Uh, prior to changing her approach to clothes, can you tell me about this lady? I know you don't want to give obviously it's confidential or whatever, but just loosely, kind of what was going on with her. No, and it goes on with quite a few, so I don't even need to specify about her. But for a lot of women, they feel that they need to blend in. They need to be in the background. They need to sort of be invisible. And so they dress like that. Or they feel that they're unworthy or they're not valued or they don't don't deserve to be in the picture or at the boardroom or get the job. Mm. Um, 
And so they dress like that. I have another lovely quote on my wall where a woman said she spent too many years practicing blending in. Yeah. And a lot of women do that. And you can't see them in the photograph. Or they, they shuffle around to the back because mm. they don't feel that they should be in there in the first place and certainly not in the front row. You know, why would I? And so when, and, and, and this woman just voiced that really well. She said, I want to be heard without having to shout. She felt that. And I get this a lot from my women and my men sometimes, but more from women that they weren't, she wasn't being respected. She wasn't being listened to, even though she has years and years of experience in what she's doing. Um, people weren't valuing her opinion, really. Yeah. And, and it, some of it is when women don't value themselves so that they don't show up in their best selves, then other people don't value them. Yeah, so this is where the clothing comes into the play because it is very much like putting on this kind of armour, as I mentioned there earlier on. You know, so once she had, you know, the consultations with yourself, that she knew what was working for her, things actually changed quite a bit, didn't it? And this, I love this. This is fantastic. Within two days, I had an email back from her to tell me that she'd had some really, really interesting feedback. She'd had meetings, she'd had Zoom calls and she couldn't believe. I mean, it sounds really bizarre but mm. she couldn't believe that she was listened to her opinion was asked for people stopped talking when she spoke she was she was totally she, she called me a white witch which <laughs> 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 I took as a compliment but but I, I hear that a lot from my from my clients I hear that a lot it's it's really about honoring who you are yeah. and, and standing into your confidence then once I give you the tools to take them and go with them and use them and the results are quite incredible. Yeah and you know we're spoke, we're speaking quite a lot about women but you have an awful lot of male clients as well that uh, you yeah, help very much don't yeah. you? It's the same process for, for men we look at the body architecture We I look at their job what do they need to do and interestingly one of the, my recent males said oh he was he was he was talking about what he was going to wear to work the next day and I said well what do you normally do? I said, do you, wear, do you wear your best clothes? He said, no, 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 I don't wear my best clothes to work. And I said, well, why? Mm. You're in charge there. If people need to be looking up to you, you need to be at your best. You need to be carrying your most authority. You need to be wearing your best clothes to work. And I've heard that from women too. Quite often people will choose not their best clothes for work or they don't see their work clothes as an investment. Yeah. My work clothes are an investment because they're part of me. They're part of my brand. And it's how I build my business. Everybody needs to, to do that. Oh, you're so right. And I I definitely would be guilty of that. I suppose because working in radio, there's nothing visual going on here, Maria. I could be sitting here in my pyjamas talking to you. But I don't. I I jest. I jest. You go out and you go to the supermarket, Sinead, or you meet somebody walking down the street. And how how are you perceived when you do that? Well, this is the thing, you see, you do. And, and I, I would be guilty of not wearing my best an awful lot of the time. I'd be like, oh, you know, I'll just throw this on. But I totally hear what you're saying. Once you put the best clothes on, you do have that instant mood lifter. We could all do with that at the moment, mm-hmm. Maria, as well. Mm-hmm. It's like putting the china in the china cabinet. And yes. Looking at it for 30 years and then you pass it to your son or daughter and they put it in their china cabinet and look at it for 30 years. Well, this is the no. thing, and I'd say there's the a lot of people in, in that. The box. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't keep the good shoes in the box, get them no. on. Um, yeah. Is there a colour? Because I know an awful lot of the, the work you do, and this is fascinating as well to me, and perhaps we could go into the detail uh, another time, but you do colour analysis when people are face to face with you, and yeah. you put yeah. lots of different swatches of colours all over uh, people to see what their tones are and all that kind of thing, and that's really yeah. fascinating. But yeah. is there a colour that everybody could 
would wear that would boost our moods at the moment, Maria? Well, red is the obvious one. Oh, really? Can everyone wear red? red? Everybody can wear red. There's a primary red that everybody can wear. Then there are warmer reds and cooler reds that will suit different skin tones. But there's a primary red, which is Coca-Cola. It's Royal Mail. It's Virgin Atlantic. It's why people use it for their branding. It's Mm. why you see it on sale shop windows, because it stands out. It's confident. It's in your face. But not, you know, you can wear a little bit of it. You can wear it as a tie or a scarf or you can wear it as a top or a jacket. There's a super, super picture of Angela Merkel at the G20 Summit about three years ago where she's surrounded by men, but mm-hmm. she's wearing her red jacket. Oh, she's of course she is. She, yeah, oh, fantastic. It's a super duper image. Brilliant um, stuff. Listen, yeah. as always, great advice. For people who would like to find out more, how can they get more information? How can they reach out to you? Well, my Facebook and Instagram are, are, and Twitter are unlocking your style. Um, or Maria Macklin. Maria.Macklin at houseofcolour.com is my email address. Perfect. Maria, as always, thank you so, so much for joining us on the show today. You're welcome, Sinead. Speak Thanks soon. a million. Bye, bye, bye. You see now, everyone can wear red. Love it. Absolutely love it. As Maria said there, unlocking your style. You can find her on uh, all of the social media channels. And actually, I love uh, the Instagram uh, following particularly because Maria does some very fun videos and she does kind of before and after kind of images and colours that work and colours that don't work. All that kind of thing. You can find it all there.